0: Back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870, Mike DeTey, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby A. And on our Open Hard Jewelers Talk and Text line, we have Chris Gordy on from Locked On SEC. And Chris, uh, you got a little time off of baseball and then two weeks and the next thing you know, man, we're going to be hitting football pretty hard here. Great expectations for Brian Kelly and LSU football-wise. You have a returning starter with a lot of starts under his belt, not only at LSU, but Arizona State. Four of your five starting offensive linemen, Malik Neighbors, Mason, Uh, Taylor at tight end. Um, It'll be interesting to see who grabs the other wideout spot, if it's Brian or not. Uh, It's always going to be running back by committee. And I've said this to a number of people. I'm not concerned about LSU's front seven. But if I'm Florida State, I'm attacking LSU's corners. Because all those guys are talented, but how well they play as a group in game one, I think is the biggest question mark for LSU entering 2023.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a great, it's a great point. And, and, you know, I saw you down at the the Manning Pass Academy, uh, Mike, and obviously we got to talk with Jaden Daniels a little bit and, you know, Garrett Nussmeyer was out there and, uh, you know, that to me is going to be one of the most fascinating storylines to watch. We know Jaden is the starter, but, you know, we've heard Brian Kelly say, you know, they want to play Nuss. They want to find spots for him. And so I don't know if I'm boarding up the Nuss bus yet, but uh, I think they're going to find some opportunities to get him in there and play. And, uh, You know, maybe just give some defenses a different look at times. But you're right. I mean, I saw some of these quarterback rankings coming out. Some people have K.J. Jefferson from Arkansas ahead of Jaden Daniels. And Look, no offense against K.J. He's a great player. But, you know, you look at the resumes. Jaden has about 40, 41 career starts to his resume already. Uh, K.J. Jefferson's only got about 25. I just feel like Jaden has seen so much more football. He's so much more experienced. He's He's a better passer. Yeah, and he's, and he's actually won the SEC West. I yeah, mean, no right. offense against Arkansas, but, uh, you know, it, it's just going to be fascinating to see you mentioned uh, wide receiver. You know, last year I was going back and watching some of the games early on, and, you know, when Kayshaun Booty was in there, there were times he was drawing double teams. He kind of drawing the ire of the secondary, and that was opening up Malik Neighbors. If Malik Nabors gets double team, who's the other guy? Who's going to be the, the, the number two guy this year to open up? Is it Brian Thomas? Is it – Kyron Lacy, Chris Hilton, how do they use those guys? So that, to me, is one of the biggest storylines of LSU. But you're right. The corners, the the secondary is probably where my biggest concern is. I I feel like the front seven is going to be strong. Obviously, linebacker play. Omar Spates is really, uh, you know, when I talk in SEC circles, a guy that everybody keeps bringing up. But, you know, we like Zai Alexander. We like Deuce Chestnut. But, there's a reason those guys were available in in the portal. And, uh, you know, can they play at high-caliber SEC-level play? Uh, That's going to be the the big thing to find out.
1: Now, uh, Chris, uh, before we get to, uh, obviously, in the future, expanded playoffs, how important is the first game against Florida State? Because I I look at that in Orlando. uh, It's like the playoffs before the playoffs and how meaningful that game's going to be. You know, it's not in the SEC – Boy, but that could be a big feather in whether it's lSU or Florida State's cap who could come out on top um, when you're looking down the road
2: It's a big one, but you're right it's not an SEC game I mean if we're talking the biggest game of the schedule for lSU it's obviously that November fourth game in Tuscaloosa against Alabama you know you win that one you're in the driver's seat for the west just like you were last year uh, but it is a nice tone setter for the season uh you know kind of see where you are and where Florida state is because that's a loaded Florida state team. Jordan Travis is is no joke at quarterback and all the receivers and weapons they've brought in. They've they've added pieces to the transfer portal, just like LSU did. So it's not going to be an easy task, but it also is, you know, look, you lose a heartbreaker like you did last year in week one against them. It's not the end of the world. This team is still resilient. They'll be able to rally and, and put some stuff together, but uh you know, like I said, it is one of those games you remember the end of last year, we were talking about, man, can LSU run the table if they beat A&M and maybe beat Georgia in the SEC Championship, they can get into the playoffs. So, you know, all that said, they lost to Florida State Week 1 last year, and we were still talking about the possibility of a playoff, albeit it was a slim chance to begin with, but um, yeah, it's going to be a fun one, man. I know a lot of LSU fans that are talking about making that trip and going down there, and uh, I just wish, you know, I wish we could get away from these uh, neutral side games. No offense to the Superdome, and and going to Orlando. But, man, this game should have been in Baton Rouge and Tallahassee. I just, the college atmospheres are so much better than, than some of these neutral side games. But it is what it is.
1: Yeah, it's about money. I mean, uh, the, you know, the TV and you have these kickoff games and all that. That, that always comes into play. Uh, but, uh, Chris, looking at now, switching a little bit on, on uh, looking at LSU baseball, we just had the Major League uh, draft. Uh, the Tigers, uh, that being the LSU Fighting Tigers, concluded a draft with a school record. 13 uh, current roster players drafted. The previous high was nine uh, players, got to go back to 2013. But it seems like uh, with Coach Johnson, uh, could he be the, uh, the Nick Saban version in college baseball? I mean, that all of a sudden I'm looking at, uh, talk about being loaded and stacked if the stars are aligned, that LSU's not going nowhere next year, uh, that they could be right there in the thick of things when all said and done. We look at the transfer portal and what's going to come about with that and the classic guy coming back. The only one I think they're going to lose is that uh, kid, uh, Charlie. What was his name? Uh, the one for catcher from Texas. Blake Mitchell. Mitchell. Blake Mitchell, who went yeah. number eight overall uh, to the Kansas City Royals. But it looks like all these other players, because what they demanded as far as being compensated, that they're going to go to LSU first instead of going to the pros. So I don't know how LSU cannot be unbelievable uh, next year again in baseball.
2: Yeah, you've you got about a two-week window here where teams can still negotiate and, and try to throw money at the kids, but you're right. Blake Mitchell's gone, but Cameron Johnson, Jake Brown, Stephen Milam, Ashton Larson, they all have decisions to make, and right now it's, it seems like they're all leaning towards coming to LSU, and if they do, you're right. I mean, this, this thing can, can really start to steamroll here with, J, with Jay Johnson. The scariest thing I heard Jay Johnson say a couple months back is that you know he doesn't have any kids. He doesn't have any distractions outside of his work. His work is his life he obsesses over this thing. And so, you know, it's that Nick Saban mentality. It, it's the 24 seven. All you do is eat, sleep and breathe baseball and recruiting and building your roster. And the transfer portal just opens up so many more opportunities for LSU. When you talk about NIL, we're, we're one of the few baseball schools that actually you know fans <laughs> want to spend money on, on NIL deals and, and get players. And that's just a scary proposition when you look around the world of college baseball, because there ain't many schools willing to do that. So you're right. Uh, it, it's it's not going to be a rebuild next year at LSU. It's a reload, and uh, Jay Johnson's group is going to be one of the favorites again next year to win it all.
1: Well, uh, Chris, my understanding, I'm telling you, this could be the X factor. And, uh, you know, all the baseball experts they could put the Tigers all of a sudden preseason number one again if uh, Montgomery. From Stanford. It, uh, yeah, from Stanford. Yep. I, I'm telling you. Uh, My understanding that his best friend goes to Mississippi State, I think his girlfriend goes to LSU, and you can have a battle there. But uh, I heard he is that good. It's like almost the second coming of like Paul Skeens uh, landing in LSU's lap, uh, if that could potentially happen.
2: Yeah, I've heard mixed things, you know, that that he would be maybe the starting right fielder and maybe maybe the closer pitching-wise. I mean, there's a lot of things on the table there. You know Chase Burns is the other one, the Tennessee kid that that's out there in the portal that you know a lot of people have linked to LSU as well. But yeah, I think the Braden Montgomery kid is, the, is he's the the gem of this transfer class that everybody's going to have their eyes on. And look, if he ends up at Mississippi State, it's because they threw a ton of money at him and he just wanted to go there with with friends and family and all that kind of stuff. Because Chris Lamontus right now he's on the hot seat. He's two years removed from winning a national championship and they are not happy with him in Starkville right now. So. Um, look, this would be a huge get for for LSU. You're right. I mean, Tommy White was a huge splash. Right. Paul Skeens was was good at the time, but it, we didn't we didn't know what Paul Skeens was going to become. But this would be right on that level, uh, an instant playmaker, a game changer for LSU. With all the loaded talent they already have, man, Oof, they're going to be loaded.
0: Chris, uh, I'll throw this back to football. Uh, big men are hard to find, talented big men, and offensive line wise, uh, you're going to probably have to play some freshmen somewhere in the season uh, because injuries are going to happen. But defensive line now, you've got a little bit of depth there. And uh, Mason Smith's back healthy. But the one guy I want to watch, and that's Quincy Wiggins. And uh, I got to see him. He sort of grew up uh, for a time on the bayou. And in a family situation, he went to Baton Rouge. He used to work out at Camp Mula uh, out in Gray uh, with uh, Ernest Harvey. You talk about a freak of nature. He looks it. I mean, if you, I was to build the defensive end, it would it would look like Quincy Wiggins. And I'm anxious to see now after a year, kind of understanding some of the technical parts of playing defensive end. Man, he he is a phenomenal athlete. And if you could get him on one side and Mason on the other. You'd have something. I'm interested in your thoughts on Quincy Wiggins or what you've heard about Quincy because of the fact, man, having watched him uh, play when he was in Baton Rouge and work out, he looks like a guy that could be a breakout guy this year.
2: He really is. I remember talking with people, you know, when, when camp opened up last year and people were all looking at their roster going, wait who's this big six foot six kid? Who is this? And they're going, Oh, that's the freshman Quincy Wiggins. I mean, he was turning heads and, and, and making people snap their necks going, you know, who is this? Is this guy just a year ago? So uh, look, if he can, if he can develop and he's ready to play and jump in there, man, Mike, I, I'm, I'm excited to see what he can do because look, LSU's got some depth. They bring in Paris Shan. They got Savion Jones. Uh, you know, you, they get bring in Deshaun Womack, one of the true freshmen this year, but, they're looking who can be that guy. You know, you lose Ollie Gay. You lose all these pieces last year. Um, you know, I was talking to somebody today, you know, is Savian Jones, is he a five-sack guy or is he an eight-sack guy? You know, like, w- what what are these guys going to be up front? But don't let Quincy Wiggins get in there and, and uh, figure into the mix because, man, just a big-nosed kid that if he could get in there and, and have an effect early on, I'd, I'd love to see it. And that, that would solve a lot of uh, – or, you know, answer a lot of questions for LSU up front. Who's going to be the, that trustworthy – defensive end that can go after the quarterback, um, I'd love to see it. But, look, they they got a good mix of guys in there that I think are all going to contribute. I know Obi a, a go-fu over uh, on the other side might play that jack spot coming over from Texas, but they just need that true defensive end, and Quincy Wiggins just fits that bill.
1: Now, uh, Chris, with SEC uh, Media Day just around the corner coming up, um, uh, what are you looking forward to? What could come about? Uh, obviously, I think that's kind of kicking off the football season uh, when everyone gathers and you know they do interviews and all that, but um, um, my understanding is that because of their strength of schedule, I, I don't know how Georgia cannot be in the Final Four. It, it's almost like uh, <laughs> the cr- only
0: one with them is maybe Tennessee. Yeah, but maybe but, yeah. right.
1: But it's almost like uh, Mike. They are coming off uh, what uh, a repeat? They're try- trying to back th- to back. They're trying to threepeat. I mean, think about that that, uh, boy, the schedule is surely favorable for the Georgia Bulldogs.
2: It is. And and a little context here. They were supposed to open with Oklahoma. Right, who Texas they got. Coming to the conference, they had to take them off. So they opened with Tennessee Martin. And, look, <laughs> no offense to UT Martin, but UT Martin, Ball State, South Carolina, UAB, that's Georgia's first four, four games of the season. I mean, it doesn't get more, more cupcake than that, but – I'm here to tell you guys, I was in Las Vegas a few weeks ago and I I had to do a double take when I saw that I could get Heisman odds on Carson Beck from Georgia at plus 3000. I threw some money on that one because think of this, Carson Beck is a more talented quarterback than Stetson Bennett. He's not better yet, but he's more talented, bigger arm. And if Georgia's undefeated, look, they go running back by committee, the defense, they got different guys making plays. If one guy is going to be the Heisman favorite from Georgia this year, it's the quarterback, Carson Beck. And we may not be saying his name just yet, like nobody really knows who he is. Right. I think by midseason, everybody's going to know who Carson Beck is, and he's going to have Georgia undefeated.
0: Chris, the crazy thing about it is you think about Stetson Bennett, walk-on guy, the only bad game I saw him play, SEC championship game against Alabama. Every time the moment was big, no, he wasn't the most talented guy, and Beck got a tremendous amount of talent. But how he'll stack up in a big game situation uh, is that's the big question mark with him. And we, I mean, we may not know during the regular season about
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, the that crazy part. At, that road trip at Tennessee at the end of the year—that's that's the really. That's the top. big I mean,
0: one. Chris, yeah, thanks dude. so much for joining us,
2: bud. We appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All
0: righty. That was Chris Gordy from Locked On
1: SEC.